I'm Kathy Bixel, and welcome to today's broadcast of It's a Beautiful Life. On today's broadcast, I am so happy to have with us Dr. Angel De Silva. Dr. Angel De Silva is a life coach, counselor, educator, speaker, just a wonderful young woman of God filled with wisdom and anointing and power to help you excel and prosper in your relationships. So Angel, I want to welcome you to the broadcast today. Thank you so much. What an introduction. Thank you. <laughs> well, what our, our viewers obviously don't know since they are getting introduced to you for the first time is that we have an amazing history together that uh, you uh, were uh, someone who was involved in, in my husband, Mike, in our lives when uh, we were in our uh, late 20s, early 30s, uh, beginning to raise a family. And we were very close with your parents in our church and you were 13, 14 years old. Uh, can hardly believe that, right? Yeah. You are beautiful, I uh, might add. You were beautiful then, but you've <laughs> blossomed wonderfully. Thank you. And um, we had the privilege even of when you married uh, Marcelo that my son got to be your ring bearer, right? And so, your daughter was uh, my junior bridesmaid. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So uh, we have a wonderful history, and uh, it's just an honor and a blessing to see uh as a young, to see your evolution from a young person till now, it's still a young person, but you know, uh, definitely a <laughs> mother, um, <laughs> a, a mother yourself of three yes. amazingly gorgeous, I might add, Thank children. You. And um, so I want to start the broadcast today uh, talking with you uh, or, or giving you the opportunity to tell our, our viewers how you uh, began uh, or embarked on this journey of wanting to help people uh, with their communication skills, um, becoming a counselor. I think one of the most wonderful life blessings that God gives us is our relationships with other people. And frankly, we can have a lot of material wealth. We can even be physically well. But somehow when things are broken in our relationships, and that may be whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's our, our relationships with our parents or coworkers, uh, whether it's even a relationship with a spiritual leader, uh, and mostly, which we will talk about on the broadcast today, uh, our relationships with our spouses um, and loved ones, um, it, everything else could be wonderful, but that will cause the most heartache or breakdown uh, even in our physical health, it will mm -hmm. affect those other things that we <laughs> seemingly look like we're prospering in. So uh, just take uh, you know, some time here and fill us in on your story, Angel. Well, it's funny that you talk about relationships being so important to the Lord. Um, I often tell people that God created relationships. If he didn't, Adam would still be the only person walking around. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, he looked down. Exactly. You know, he looked down and said, this is good. We created all of this. Look what we did. And Adam's not happy. What's going on here? He should be happy. Right. And he chose to pull Eve out of Adam so that he would have a relationship. So relationships are just ordained by the Lord yes. to begin with. Um, what brought me to where I am today, hmm, how much time do we have? <laughs> uh, I started out on my journey, uh, of course, being raised a Christian, great church, great family, um, started out as a teacher in the public school system. Yes, I remember that. Really felt like that was what I was going to do to make a difference in the lives of these kids until reality hit. And I said, I am not making a difference in anyone's life here. Um, 
one young teacher in a room full of 30 students, very hard to do one-on-one. So what I ended up doing was going back to school for uh, my degree in um, school psychology. How old were you then? Around what age did you um, kind of make that shift? I taught for, I guess I was around 23, 24, Mm, when I realized pretty quickly that I loved being with the kids, but I wanted to do more one-on-one with them. I wanted to have a relationship. I wanted to be able to impact their worlds a little bit more than what I thought I was doing. So around this time, I was going back to school and teaching, going for school psychology, um, and then 9-11 shook our our world. Uh, So what happened was um, I had two kids at the time. I stopped teaching. I had already gotten my master's, and I was just continuing to pursue uh, the school psych- the school psychologist, the school counselor degree. My husband had a nervous breakdown. There was a lot of well, stuff that personally went on in our yeah, lives. You talk about this. I talk yeah, about that in the, in the book. book, right. Um, and he just felt like we would be better off separate. He was going through something that I didn't understand. The book goes into a little bit more detail. Uh, I wasn't quite as compassionate probably as I should have been. <laughs> right, right. My children, what the viewers don't know, um, are only 11 months apart, my two boys. So I was this young mom, stay at home, wrestling with raising these two little kids, having a husband who I didn't really understand. I, I, right, I right. couldn't understand, come home. Well, life stresses can really change a person. It could not necessarily change a person, but bring out behavior that we didn't know was in there, so I'm to speak. Sure. And that's that's part of, I think, our relationship with the Lord um, and how these life circumstances and frankly, even traumas. I, I actually was speaking to someone this week uh, who very similarly was in the building, uh, the buildings next to the towers that mm-hmm. went down in 9-11 uh, and they were so traumatized that they said till this day, if they walk in a building, they, if there's a sound in the building, they like shake, you know, a little bit. But similarly, that event caused her and her husband to make a major life change in, in, in their careers. Her especially, she actually left the business, uh, uh, the financial business that she was in and actually went to become a massage therapist so that she could not live in the city and raise her children, which it's it's amazing how those traumatic events mm-hmm. can can almost be. It's almost like what the Bible says: what the devil means for you know for evil, God turns around and makes for good because there's something, another path that He wants to put us on. Right. Well, we're going to uh, take a break here, and uh, we'll be right back and have a- Angel tell us some more of uh, how she landed in this great place of prosperity where her dream of being able to help people has been fulfilled. Tis the season of giving. Kathy Bixel Ministries and Beautiful Life are on a mission. As we do every year, we want to make this holiday season special for the children of Joseph's House, our missions project in Kampala, Uganda. We want to give them a holiday feast of special foods and provide greatly needed new school uniforms and shoes. Would you please consider helping us make this their best Christmas yet? Please go to www.kathybixel.com backslash Joseph's House. That's K-A-T-H-Y-B-I-C-H-S-E-L dot com. Welcome back to our wonderful discussion with Dr. Angel Da Silva. 
Angel, uh, we left off uh, in our last segment, you telling us uh, of the evolution of how you got to this place where you've, your life has uh, just majorly involved with helping others and counseling them. So if you can just pick up where we left off last segment sure. and, and let us know how, uh, how you moved forward in your passion. Okay, so as I was saying, <clears throat> right after 9-11, my husband went through this breakdown, decided very lovingly, said to me, I, I think we need to go separate ways. I, I, I'm, we're not happy. Uh, he couldn't put into words what was going on in his life. Mm -hmm. What I didn't mention was at this time, we were moving. We were oh selling my our house. Oh, we, having done that several times, geez. I, I will never forget it. We had our dining room chairs lined up in our dining room because they were you know, just kind of stacked, almost like a train. I was playing with right. the kids. And I was sitting on one of the chairs, and he came in, and he said, I think we should get divorced. And I just... I mean, you oh know my, my family, you yes. know my upbringing, oh so my that, gosh. that was just not even... Not even on the radar, yeah. yeah. So I said to him, we need to go to counseling. I said, let's, I will do whatever it takes if we get through this at the end and, mm -hmm. you know, let's just go to counseling. So what we did was what pretty much every normal person does. We opened up our insurance folder and found someone that's on our plan and um, we went to her. He went first. He was the one who was dealing with the trauma and, and um, just the anxiety. So he saw her a couple of times. And then she asked to see me. And within minutes of sitting in her office, she said to me, if you're not happy, I think the two of you should separate and get divorced. Oh, my goodness. And I was just floored at that response as a Christian, first of all. Uh, secondly, because I was there for marriage counseling, I just never thought that that was what would come out right, of her mouth. Right. And I don't know what happened in me. I just, I, I got this courage God and I looked at her. You. God right? happened in you. <laughs> and I said, with all due respect, I think we're going to go to someone who shares our faith, who, you know, and I stood up to leave and my husband said, sit down, sit down. We still have 45 minutes. And I don't even remember the other 45 minutes. I honestly don't. We left and I said, please, let's go to Christian counseling, please. Well, we did. Oh, and um, I guess that was 2002 at the, so 13 years later, what, you know, I don't know, my math, it might not be so good. <laughs> well, mine is not much better, later, so let's just try to stick to decades. Several, yes, a de <laughs> over a decade later and another child in the mix. You know, we're doing great. But that experience left me, and it didn't happen overnight. You know, it's really important that the viewers understand this. We went through right. counseling. We did end up moving. That's another stressor. I mean, we're moving and getting divorced. Right. Like, whoa, you know, what are yeah, we doing? Right. Um, we went through a lot of counseling. We went to seminars. We went to workshops. We really committed to our wow, marriage. Really so that's important. That yes. is important. In incredibly important. So we went through that, came out stronger on the other side, and it was this aha moment for me that said, I was raised in the church. I, I religiously, no pun intended, went to church. And right, we right. were there all the time. I was active with my faith, raising my kids in my mm -hmm. faith, and yet this hit me. That's not the, you know, wow. that's not that's supposed so to important happen. For, that's so important for our viewers to understand because so often, you know, as Christians, there, there's the pressure also to uh, portray this, we have everything together uh, thing. You know, we're, we're like the perfect Christian family. I think in a very good way, I think the, the uh, communities of faith are evolving out of that yes. and we're coming to the realization that where you need to be when you're going through something traumatic, when you're going through a hard time in your family, 
when you, that you want to be around people right. of faith and people that can encourage you. But that's a lot of courage on your part right. to um, to just have been honest and gone to a counselor. I mean, I, I know who your parents are mm -hmm. um, and the kind of stature that they have in the church right. and to be willing to not that you necessarily hung out your laundry and everybody yeah, knew and I that don't you, know if anyone but really just, knew. but just really, even to be honest today, you, t you know, you turned, I, I hate to use something that is so cliche, but you made lemonade uh, and, and out of your lemons and look at how it has transformed your life and restored your marriage to where it's, uh, you have a beautiful relationship with your husband and your family. And that is what led to my choice to go into the Christian counseling world. Wow. I said, how many other Christians are dealing with life's issues and and they go to these insurance approved and no, there's nothing, I'm not right, knocking any right, of that, yeah. I'm not minimizing right. it at Our all. Our disclaimer here today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but I realized that there have to there there must be more people in my situation, and so I just shifted gears. I was going to be a school counselor. I was going to do all that stuff, and I said, "No, I'm shifting gears," and that's how I got to where I am today. And through that process, I've realized that the breakdown of relationships is directly linked to a breakdown of communication. My husband and I just simply stopped communicating. As oh much goodness. as I love my kids. I just had nothing else to say I think we all know that feeling that's for sure uh, what really moves me and I think is important for our viewers that and what I what I hear you saying even about you know finding a counselor in the in the insurance um, book is that it's the ease through which the world how the world or even uh, other kind of clinical counseling can right away think it's all about you being happy. Yes. It's, it's this, it's part of the culture. We're, we're in a very, uh, which we may talk a little bit more in our time together here and in our next broadcast, which I feel is, is really, um, how the, the narcissism in the culture, even as believers, how we can start adapting that kind of mindset of narcissism, that the goal in everything is I'm happy, yes. not I give, <clears throat> and in some way in doing that, God makes sure mm -hmm. I'm taken care of in my right. happiness and my joy. Um, but just, and if somebody doesn't at that moment make me happy, then I'm, I'm done it's with disposable. them. It's disposable. Well, in our next uh, segment, we are going to uh, get into your book a little bit. We'll tell awesome. our viewers. Great. So just uh, give us one moment and we'll be right back. Throughout time, God has always reserved for himself a remnant a people fully sold out to his message and willing to pay the price of radical discipleship. While the church and the world lie in crises, a message is sounding once again throughout the corridors of time that God can alter the course of history through a radical few. Consider Moses, the Apostle Paul, Daniel, Noah, Abraham and Peter, just to name a few sold out radicals to God's calling. Don't settle for the confines of the ordinary when the Father has set his love on you to be extraordinary. Rise up out of the ashes of loss and disappointment and take hold of the one who makes all things new. Join us on an adventure of faith to experience Christianity the way it is supposed to be. Radical, the Radical Rising Remnant. The latest book from Kathy Bixel. Get your copy now at kathybixel.com.
Welcome back. We are with uh, Dr. Angel De Silva, and uh, in this segment, I wanted to just start to introduce you to the book that uh, Angel wrote, which uh, it's called Communication ADD, and I may have uh, Dr. Angel uh, talk to you a little bit about that at some point, how she came up with that title, but it's a wonderful book. I will tell you that I read it at the beach this summer. It is a great beach book. Um, and it, cause it doesn't matter if it gets oil on it, you know, suntan oil or anything like that, but it's a great, a great, easy reading light, you know, not anything uh, heavy at the beach. Um, and just a book that is, I, I love having, uh, people on the broadcast that when I reference, uh, their, their writings as authors, that they're, uh, they're, how do I want, they're tools, mm -hmm. you know, we, we love to have, uh, I'm, I'm an avid reader and try to instill that in my family as well. Um, and it's important to have books that are tools that you can actually refer to. And this is one of them. Uh, and this book was birthed out of her journey, which, uh, she just finished sharing with us. And so, uh, I want to start, uh, today. The book has a, uh, a beautiful flow of, uh, actually giving her story uh, that she just shared with us. And then uh, she segues into talking about uh, what we call temperament styles in communication or uh, personality temperaments mm -hmm. that uh, influence how we are wired to communicate right. um, that also affect kind of our, our soul and how, how we process emotions how, uh, how, how we process our ways of speaking and, and listening mm -hmm. uh, to one another. Right. So um, I, I would love on in this segment for you to just uh, give us, uh, you know, the basis uh, or basics, I should say, of how that came to be your understanding of that, because it really is true when you, right. when you look at, even though I know sometimes individuals have challenges with the whole temperament thing mm -hmm. based on the five different temperaments right, right, and that right. you're labeling someone. But I say to people all the time, I don't think that they should be used as uh, something to pigeonhole our personalities, right. but especially in communication and how we process and our response to certain situations in life an understanding of it is of temperaments is highly, highly useful. Right. And I do want to say, Angel, kudos to you that you did an awesome job of giving a great template of understanding, which is Winnie the Pooh <laughs> of understanding the temperaments because having raised children um, uh, so that I still have a child who loves their mother, I will not say which one, but uh, just from an early age, knew that they could process things like Eeyore. And, and, oh. and we used to always say, we, you know, as a child, they used to always kiddingly say to, say to them, um, <laughs> say oops. to them, uh, you know, oops. And now it's, a, it's an adult. We're like, oh, Eeyore's manifesting. You know, it's like, right. oh, no, the sky's falling. You know what I mean? It's the response yep. of a life situation being that there's going to be a negative outcome. So just if you can start, um, it may take the rest of the broadcast and probably into the next one. I've been having such an awesome time here with Angel that uh, I think we're going to do a couple more broadcasts with her. But just uh, start by telling us your understanding of temperament. Okay, so let me back up just a little bit to tell you how the book was born, where it came, it came out of all those sessions with my clients using temperament knowledge and therapy. Okay. Um, I like to call temperament 
emotional needs rather sometimes I use oh, that instead yeah. rather than um, use those labels. I still obviously have the labels, but I think people get a better understanding by saying this is an emotional needs assessment because what it's measuring, what the assessment measures is our response, like you said, yes. our response to certain stimuli, to certain situations, and also what are what we're really feeling. So it's it's wow. sometimes we're responding in a way that we're not really feeling. Sometimes somebody looks um, or what's expected of us. Or we what's respond expected, in ways, yes, yeah. those expectations, which oftentimes that. are false or not completely accurate. So perception plays a huge role. And for years before I even wrote the book, I would sit you know, in my chair and have my clients, you know, one on each side, and I would listen to what's being said and then hear the other person completely miss it. And sometimes in my mind, thinking, are they in the same room as, I mean, right. I wow. so wow. here I am at that, that point of that triangle, trying to mediate these two individuals and trying to rephrase. And I had that aha moment saying, what is going on here? It's just the, the perception, it's miscommunication. And the thing with perception hearing. is it becomes reality. Yes. And we start acting and behaving in ways Yes. That, are not, that are not based on reality. And that is something I say to my clients all the time. Perception is reality. Your perception may be completely different than my perception, but until we can communicate effectively, your perception is extremely real, as is mine, even though wow. they're different. Yes. So yes. what happens if you're not communicating effectively, your perception is going to be what you're holding on to. And, right. and then I'm going to defensively respond to you because no, I want to be right. And I want you to see yes. my way. So the book goes into, and all of that is temperament. There's temperament basis behind that. And I know we're probably going to run out of time before I even get to that. <laughs> right, right, right. But the book goes into how to break down those defenses, how to peel away all those layers so that you can have a peace about communicating, a peace with your relationships, whether that's at home with your spouse, with your children, with your friends, at work. Yes. Um, a lot of times we leave out that work part. Work, gosh, what, 75% of our day or is at work. Uh, so that's what the book talks about, and of course, temperament is a huge part of that. Well, we certainly are not going to be able to, uh, as you <laughs> no. said, get to all of that on our broadcast today. Um, we are uh, so uh, happy that you could join us today, and of course, there's lots more. We want to uh, have you join us again for tomorrow's broadcast as well. I think we'll probably have two more here with Angel because it's just been so wonderful diving into this wonderful subject. I want to remind you that you can order this book of angels at her website, angeldesilva.com. Our producers will have that information on the screen for you. Please don't forget to tune back in tomorrow for our Beautiful Life program. We love you and are believing for God's very best to be realized and manifested in your life and those you love. God bless you and we'll see you tomorrow. With the hundreds of ways to communicate in the modern world, it seems ironic that people are failing to adequately hear each other. Conflict, strife, and discouragement in relationships are the results of a fundamental breakdown of communication professionally and personally. In this book, based on biblical principles, Dr. De Silva challenges you to listen before you speak 
to speak with the other person's feelings in mind and to respond rather than react. By using the communication ADD techniques, you will become a better spouse, a better parent, and a better worker simply because you've learned how to communicate on a higher level. We trust you enjoyed this episode of Beautiful Life and the teaching ministry of Kathy Dixon. For more information about Kathy, her books, downloads, and CDs, please visit BeautifulLifeTV.com. If you are interested in Kathy's teaching schedule, or perhaps you would like her to speak at a church or event near you, please email info at BeautifulLifeTV.com. We would like to thank you for taking the time to join us as we trust that God's blessing will continue to offer you his beautiful life. So long for now. Welcome to today's broadcast of Beautiful Life. I'm Kathy Bixel. We are uh, happy again today, uh, thrilled to have for our second day on the set with us, Dr. Angel Da Silva, who is a counselor, educator, life coach, awesome speaker, amazing mom, and super amazing person. And uh, we have her on the broadcast again today because we have just been so blessed by her insight, uh, into communication styles and how important communication is to keeping prosperous, healthy, strong, enduring relationships. So welcome again to the broadcast again today. Thank you. I'm going to get a big head sitting here though. <laughs> I just, I'm an encourager. You have Thank to understand. You. I'm a coach. I, I, love, I, love, I love seeing people prosper and uh, in their calling and uh, fulfill their destinies in life. Now, uh, we want to jump right in uh, on today's broadcast, talking about uh, giving you the opportunity to talk more about uh, temperament, the mm -hmm. actual five now, I believe yes. there is temperament styles, and how that fleshes out in terms of how we process communication with others. So, right. So, temperament is a word that dates back to Hippocrates, the philosophers of those days, and sometimes Which is people, fascinating. It is. I mean, it's so, yes. And sometimes, though, people dismiss it because it is so antiquated in their mm. minds. But if you go to a nursery and you have children, you've been there, a, a nursery oh, and a absolutely. hospital, and you're looking, and I've got three, and I've I looked at my babies, and each one was different from birth. And temperament is inborn. It's not... Personality. Personality is the mask that we put on to almost hide our true selves, well, depending on the circumstances. Right. Temperament is the core of who we are, and sometimes we have to peel away layers. So that's a real quick, in a nutshell, overview of what temperament is. And there are five basic temperaments. Four 
uh, are the ones that Hippocrates talked about, melancholy, sanguine, phlegmatic, and uh, choleric. And then okay. the fifth one is a more recently identified temperament from doctors uh, Richard and Phyllis Arno of um, National Christian Counselors Association okay. down in Florida, and that's the supine. And this, again, not getting into too much detail, but the supine is, is a combination of two um, other temperaments. But So we've got the five, the supine, the melancholy, the phlegmatic, the sanguine, and the choleric. So give me a little snippet, very, uh, even if you have to use your uh, Eeyore, uh, not Winnie your the Eeyore, Pooh. your Winnie the Pooh, which I think is great, but give me uh, a little, a, a, a capsulized uh, definition of each sure. one. Sure. So let's start with the melancholy simply because I think that's the most misunderstood. Okay. The word melancholy unfortunately has that connotation of depression. Depressed and yeah. yeah. right? Dark, black. Right. Well, Hippocrates had originally identified the melancholy as the black temperament, the one that was brooding. Mm -hmm. uh, I always think about the, that statue, the deep thinker, you know, yes, I, I don't, yeah, yeah. my art skills are kind of <laughs> off, but, but when I think about melancholy, I think about that rather than depression because right. melancholies are categorized or classified more as thinkers. And yes. sometimes thinking can cause depression. That's overthinking. Overthinking. Yes, overthinking. Brains that just won't shut off. So you could have a melancholy who thinks on good things and is in good spirits. Right. A melancholy who's constantly thinking on the negative, the what ifs, the fears, because melancholies are oftentimes um, motivated by fear, fear of right. failure. They tend to be more anxious. I know yes. the melancholies I know in my world. Right. They definitely so tend deep to be thinking more anxious. Can definitely bring a person to a place of, of sadness, depression, fear, anxiety, stress. But they are also incredible leaders. They are incredible individuals who are compassionate, loyal, honest, yes. genuine, reliable, trustworthy, wow. so many wonderful traits. And that's the thing that I like to bring out in my office is that temperaments uh, um, have strengths and weaknesses. Hey, we got to understand what our weaknesses are, but let's hone in on our strengths. Yes. So I, I like to so talk that's about- That's the melancholy. That's the okay. melancholy. So moving on to the choleric now, that's the one that we see as the driven, perseverant, take no prisoners kind of <laughs> temperament that does that wow. looks danger in the face and just yeah. goes with it. Fear of failure does not even come into play with mm. the choleric because the choleric says, oh, I failed. Let me just do it again a different way. Wow. So how does Real that... gift. Yeah. It is. Well, yeah. it's wonderful because there's great strengths in that. But, but there's the, also weakness. The choleric could use people. Right. Could manipulate people, could could hurt people because they are so focused on their goal that all the people that they hurt along the way, right. you know, unfortunately those are just a means to the end. So if you've got those those two temperaments side by side, you could see where there could be a breakdown right. of communication. You could perceive the melancholy could perceive the choleric's drivenness as lack of emotion toward that person's right. feelings. Right, or not sensitive. Not sensitive, Correct. right. So moving on, then we've got the sanguine that is just the happy all the time, oh loves gosh, people, yes. people, 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 <laughs> you know. I, I have, I have a, uh, we love the a sanguine in our family because I have a niece that is a compulsive sanguine. Okay. Like she has to be talking to, it was interesting because the, the girls were all recently all in Chicago, this one niece that is highly sanguine and my daughter came back, who who is more of a melancholy phlegmatic, a little bit of sanguine, mostly a melancholy phlegmatic. And she came back and she said, oh my gosh, Austin. you know, <laughs> she just, 
what I found out about her is that mom, she'll talk to anybody. She talks, you know, because her temperament is not the same. She wouldn't just talk to a stranger where my niece will talk to anything that I call right. it like talking to my, my son happens to be part, you know, have a little yeah, bit of right, sanguine. Right. And he, I remember at 15 months, I'd have to stop the stroller so he could talk to the mannequins. Right. And right. I was trying to communicate with him. They are not real. Those mannequins are not <laughs> he real. He might need my he car. He mommy, talk to her, talk to her. And so this day, you yeah. know, he's he's the schmoozer a yeah. little bit, you know? Absolutely. And 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 the Sanguine's uh, mantra is, there are no strangers, just people, just friends you haven't met yet. Yes. And, oh, you know, yes, because I'm part Sanguine and that I love people. That's, I know. That's, that's it. right. But can you see how that temperament could completely exhaust a melancholy. So if you have a couple right. who's a sanguine and a melancholy and the sanguine comes home from work and says, where are we going tonight? And the melancholy comes home from work and says, I need to decompress. Right. If you don't communicate that effectively, it could break down that relationship. It's so true. It's so um, fascinating. And it's not about compatibility. I have so many people in my office. Oh, I know we have to get to the other two, but it's not right, about right. compatibility. So many people in my office would come in and say, well, am I compatible with my husband? You're almost looking for an out. You know? Yeah, right, <laughs> not right, compatible. Right, right. No, that's not what this is about. Right. It's about learning each other's emotional needs. Right, so we have the, the melancholy, the choleric, and the sanguine, sanguine that we we've done. Mm -hmm. When we come back, we we are going to uh, talk about the last two, the supine and the phlegmatic. Yes. So we'll be right back. With the hundreds of ways to communicate in the modern world, it seems ironic that people are failing to adequately hear each other. Conflict, strife, and discouragement in relationships are the results of a fundamental breakdown of communication professionally and personally. In this book, based on biblical principles, Dr. De Silva challenges you to listen before you speak, to speak with the other person's feelings in mind, and to respond rather than react. By using the communication ADD techniques, you will become a better spouse, a better parent, and a better worker simply because you've learned how to communicate on a higher level. We want to continue our discussion now with Dr. Angel De Silva as uh, we're discussing the five different temperaments. Yep. Uh, we've already covered three. Now, can you tell us the final two? Sure. So let's move um, to the supine. The supine is a newer temperament. It's yeah, always I noticed been there. that. Yeah, in, in it's, my, it's and back one. in my day, there was right. only the four. So the I was four. interested in your book to see that there was a fifth because actually when I had done my temperament testing, I had some of that in there. Yes. And I think at that time, I was like, what's that? It was yes. like the undescribed thing in your reading right. or whatever. So if you know, understand the word supine, which means flat, you know, you lie supine on your back, it's, it's characterized as the servant, the serving temperament. Oh, if you think okay. about the Bible, it's Martha going off to the kitchen and doing what she, I guess she had a kitchen. I could just see my producer today when he heard the supine goes to the kitchen, probably knows how come I'm part supine. Because oh, he is like, he just said to me, if I move to the East Coast, I know where to go for Thanksgiving. There I mean, you go. He, he, I, 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 I'm very motherly and I, I don't know if it's the Italian or just that I love to gourmet cook. So every time he's out, I'm here giving him, right, Anthony? I'm I'm here giving him all his uh, good food, making sure he's well-fed the whole right. time he's and here. That's, so. Why does the supine do that? Because that is an indirect way to get an emotional need met 
in the supine. Oh, the need for approval, the need for wow. acceptance, the need for validation. So the supine does that through serving, oftentimes because it's rooted in insecurity. Now you've got other things in you, so you've got the choleric and you and you like, sanguine, I got some phlegmatic, phlegmatic. Yeah, I'm like a Heinz 57. I'm like a temperament unto myself. <laughs> so if someone were just a pure supine right. all through. Yeah, but no, I could understand that though. I, I could, you know, there's a great deal of satisfaction when I put all that effort into yes. it. I don't want to like go deep psychoanalytical that I have some big like, I'm so insecure, I need to cook for people right. so they like me. But there's something about giving that joy to someone and that I do have a sense right. of feeling um, satisfaction yes. that I made somebody you happy. You made somebody happy, exactly. Yeah, that's what it, it really is. And when that goes unmet, let's say we talked about the choleric before, the choleric is that driven, I'm going to use people if I have to, and the supine is serving the choleric, serving, 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 wanting to do for for that other person. And if that supine doesn't get recognition for that, which oftentimes the choleric won't do that, there could be a disconnect and it could cause right. hurt feelings on the supine's part mm -hmm. and the choleric doesn't yeah. see that because that person doesn't need the recognition quite as much. Right, right. So there's, there's a huge importance in understanding your relationship's emotional needs. Yeah. So that's the supine. The final temperament is phlegmatic. And this one is very interesting because it comes from the word phlegm, the body fluid. Oh, phlegm. <laughs> yeah, I know. Tune out if you, you don't, don't like that one. <laughs> yeah, here we go. So I always describe it as, <laughs> forgive me, a post-nasal drip that just doesn't go away. It's very oh, stubborn, <laughs> very stubborn, um, but also very, believe it or not, very easygoing. So That's it, my husband, yeah. Uh, so on the one hand, there is the tendency towards stubbornness, but on the other hand, there's also that tendency toward not wanting to make waves. Let's just yes, very be even steady, healed. stable. Yes. And so it's a great thing to have in your temperament makeup because it's very observant, very easygoing, peace at all costs. Let's, you know, let's fix this. Why? Because they don't like conflict. So while oh, it's a, yes. <laughs> well, it's a nice yeah. thing, a nice blend to have, it can also be a weakness because if you don't deal with conflict, you're still going to have a communication breakdown. And isn't one of the, the, the real weaknesses in uh, phlegmatics, um, or I don't want to say phlegmatics, like labeling that, because as you've discussed, that most of these temperaments are blends. Mm -hmm. You know, of right. course, there are the situations where the, you are a straight something. Yes. Like all the way through. Like you right. were just discussing someone with me in the break that is a triple choleric. Yes. That er in every area they respond, um, they respond that way. But the, the my understanding is that with a phlegmatic, um, that leaning, that passivity mm -hmm. can be the weakness where they tend to let others be responsible for things they should be responsible for. Um, they could also be passive aggressive sometimes. Is that well? True? That is actually truer in the supine. The oh, supine yeah, could be the passive aggressive because they use indirect behavior to get their needs met. So this the the supine will say something like this, and I think mothers are guilty of this too. So you know, we'll say. Oh, That's I think a, it's Jewish mothers maybe, that are probably really maybe, or supine. Or it could be Italian mother. I don't know. Although Italian mothers might be choleric too. But but they'll say something like, "That's okay. I'm good. You don't need to help me. I, right, I'm because right. it's that indirect behavior, and sometimes right. it could turn into passive aggressiveness when right. there's revenge there." 
The supine masks anger. They call anger hurt feelings. Oh, you hurt my feelings, rather than saying, I'm mad. And if you don't identify the emotion you're no. dealing with, you cannot heal from it. No. So when I work with supines, oftentimes I have to help them identify anger. And I have such a funny story about that. I don't know if we have time or not in this segment, <laughs> but um, do I? Do I have time to tell you this great story about the supine? <laughs> well, how about we save that okay. for our next one? But. <laughs> um, so the phlegmatic, though, is more uh, prone to maybe biting comebacks right. because of a, a lack of energy. If you think about the, the, the phlegm, it's slow. It needs to refuel emotionally and physically. Oftentimes right. I'll have people say to me, I'm never tired. I'm always on the go. What are you talking about this energy thing? It's not just physical energy. It's emotional energy. Right. If you drain emotionally and you know you're out preaching, yes, yes. it drains us. We've got to refuel. And phlegmatics, if they don't refuel, they will snap. They'll, they'll have oh, sarcastic Oh, yeah, that's true. Comebacks. They need, definitely need that downtime, yeah. definitely. Well, it's just been a joy having Angel here with us. We're going to have her on the broadcast again tomorrow so that we can uh, start to discuss what ADD really means, right, in the title of this book. But we want you to know that you can get this book at angeldesilva.com, angelinadesilva.com. Yes. <laughs> we, we've had the discussion about the angel and the angelina. Those who know her well call her angel, but her professional name and her, her true name is Angelina De Silva. And that information is on our screen. So we will see you again tomorrow. Don't forget to tune into Beautiful Life. Tis the season of giving. Kathy Bixel Ministries and Beautiful Life are on a mission. As we do every year, we want to make this holiday season special for the children of Joseph's House, our missions project in Kampala, Uganda. We want to give them a holiday feast of special foods and provide greatly needed new school uniforms and shoes. Would you please consider helping us make this their best Christmas yet? Please go to www.kathybixel.com backslash Joseph's House. That's K-A-T-H-Y-B-I-C-H-S-E-L.com. Well, we're back with Dr. Angel. So Dr. Angel, when we were in the last segment, you were saying that you had a great supine story. So uh, um, tell us. Yeah, so I've wet your appetites. You've waited for this. <laughs> uh, I was talking about how supines do internalize anger and mm -hmm. they mask it as hurt feelings, being hurt, because they're so needy when it comes to attention and validation. They need to know that they're loved right. and like. <clears throat> I had a client once who scored as a supine, and I sat with her profile, and I was just sharing with her very lovingly that she does have a tendency toward internalizing anger and masking it as hurt feelings. And she sat up a little she bit. Hurt. She got <laughs> I hurt her feelings. Uh, she bristled a little bit, and I really do look at body language, I can tell. And I said, you don't like that. You, d you don't agree with that. And she says, well, I don't feel like I, I get angry. I don't like ang angry. And I said, well, okay. I said, well, you're uncomfortable with anger, with, with talking right. about anger. She says, yes, I definitely don't get angry. I get upset. 
I get upset. <laughs> oh my and so I looked at her and I smiled. I said, you get upset? And she says, yes, I, I do get upset, but not angry. I said, would you like me to call it upset? Is that what you're oh, asking so she me just, to do? Yeah, was all, so we could cross it out and put upset. I said, wow. but that really does mean the same thing. So it was a great example. And I've told her time and time again, I use your story all the time and she's come so far, but um, great example of how supines really don't want right. to identify anger and I think that it is incredibly important to identify the emotions that we're wrestling with and anger is not a bad emotion it oh, has such exactly. a God is gets angry yes I mean and he's the one who built our emotional exactly. life in our souls you I know? tell people anger can actually be incredibly powerful because it's a motivating tool to get you to make the changes you need well so once she got that she was more comfortable now she comes in and says I'm angry <laughs> oh that's <laughs> She's good for very, her good for very her. comfortable with um expressing her anger now so. well, thanks for sharing <laughs> thank you for sharing that with I us. hope it, it was is, worth it the good, wait <laughs> it is a good example of how it, it really plays out so tell us, Angel, in your book, Communication ADD, her book is Communication ADD, A Biblical Perspective for Effective Communication. And at the, pro the close of today's broadcast, you'll be able to see on our screen how you can order uh, Angel's book. You can order it on her website yes. at angeldasilva.com. Uh, Angelina DaSilva. Angelina, I keep doing that. <laughs> That's okay. But I'm, uh, thank you. I preached last night, and I'm, uh, I'm running on uh, whatever's left over this morning. Um, but if you could tell us why you named it Communication ADD, and, um, you know, we're going to talk about actually what that ADD yes. is an acronym for. Okay. Um, thank you for asking, because I absolutely love the title of my book, and which is good, right? You should love it. Gets your you attention, right? It gets your attention. It gets your attention. I love the title of my book, and maybe it stems from working with so many um, children when I was a teacher who had ADD, and that's what we generally think of when mm -hmm. we think of that acronym ADD, Attention Deficit Disorder. Uh, and that's not what this stands for. And yet there's a double meaning there because communication ADD could be a disorder. It right, could be right. uh, that our attention is not focused on our partners and, and it can mean uh, very, have negative effects. Mm -hmm. But for me, the ADD stands for something different. It is the technique that I use, I help my clients use to build relationships, to build wow. communication rather than an ADD that's a negative uh, connotation. So I love it because it gets people's attention, but really I like to focus on the positive. So my ADD is positive, it's an acronym for the three steps that help build communication and relationships. And they are, from my good little beach reading, they are acknowledge, yes. right? Acknowledge. Uh, <laughs> I'm very bad. I know one of them is diffuse. Yep. One of them is diffuse. And then what is the disarm? Disarm, yes. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry I failed the ADD test myself. I must have had ADD when I was reading it. Um, so <laughs> no, that's okay. Yeah, okay. Acknowledge, acknowledge disarm, disarm, and, and diffuse. diffuse. Exactly. Okay. So, yeah, and, and those three, of course, the book goes into more detail about them, but those three put together will just open up the the atmosphere for effective communication. Uh, one of the things that uh, I had highlighted in the book that I think was really interesting, and I actually had put my, uh, my, my uh, paper in there so that I wouldn't lose it, and I think I lost it, uh, but it is the, the, uh, the, the paragraph where you talked about how God um, are when we accept Christ that our spirits are what are born again, but 
the Lord wants us to be sanctified, spirit, soul, and the body, and that it's really the choices that we make are in our soul. So could you just briefly, in our closing minutes, sure. um, on this day's briefly. broadcast, yeah, just very briefly. <laughs> just briefly. Like, let's very talk briefly. about the soul very briefly. <laughs> let's talk about the soul. <laughs> well, in the sense that I think people just think that because because they have been born again, because they have this new life in Christ, and it says all things are passed away, that right. automatically thinks, we automatically think all those habits and everything are gone, Go and they're not. Right. You know? Well, the Bible also says renew your mind. Right. right. And this is a daily, a daily process, renewal, renewal, renewal. Um, yeah, my whole practice is built on balance, spirit, soul, and body. And, and part of what I do is a health and wellness coach. It's spirit, soul, and body. It's from that perspective of, yes. of having to be in balance, all three. Otherwise, if one is out of whack, then uh, then the other two are going and to I, be And affected. I appreciate that you that you mentioned that, and that's why I said even in our, in our break before talking about the soul, because there, there's not uh, somehow we think that Christians sometimes thinks we think we're going into you know too deep of a therapy type of approach when we talk about the soul. But in reality, we are, you know, we are a tripart being. That's it. And our minds do have to be renewed. Well, we're so thankful that uh, Angel is with us, and we're going to have her on tomorrow's broadcast as well because I want her to give us a little bit more of an explanation of what, uh, what these uh, acknowledge, disarm, and diffuse, how it can actually work in your life. Talk a little bit about the story of her practice, uh, how she's helped so many people uh, through her counseling. And it's not really, in some way, it's a ministry, but it's a full-fledged, she has her own office. She's a doctor. I love that. <laughs> she's Dr. Angel. So uh, please don't forget to let us know here at Beautiful Life how the, the program is blessing your life. We have an email address, Kathy at BeautifulLifeTV.com. Visit our website at kathybixel.com to keep abreast of where I'm speaking, uh, read our blogs, etc. We love you and we pray that this broadcast is being an enormous blessing to your life. God bless you and we'll see you again next time. In this three-part audio series, you will find scripture meditations for divine life, health, and wealth. As the scriptures are brought to life, with the accompaniment of instrumental sounds, you will be encouraged by the power of God's spoken word. Meditations for divine life will set you free from that old life of sin, fear, addictions, and depression, releasing you into a life filled with righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Meditations for divine health gives you a daily dose of God's medicine and fills you in on all your benefits. Meditations for Divine Wealth edifies you to be like the Patriarch Isaac, who while meditating, looked up and saw his camels coming, which was God's provision. This set will elevate your faith to the forefront in calling these areas in your life as though they are. Visit KathyBixel.com to purchase your choice of either a CD or an MP3 download. That's K-A-T-H-Y B-I-C-H-S-E-L dot com. Kathy Bixel dot com. We trust you enjoyed this episode of Beautiful Life and the teaching ministry of Kathy Bixel. For more information about Kathy, her books, downloads, and CDs, please visit beautifullifetv.com. 
If you are interested in Kathy's teaching schedule, or perhaps you would like her to speak at a church or event near you, please email info at beautifullifetv.com. We would like to thank you for taking the time to join us as we trust that God's blessing will continue to offer you his beautiful life. So long for now. had uh, on our broadcast Dr. Angelina De Silva, who is an educator, a counselor, an author, a speaker, just a wonderful, blessed woman of God that has a tremendous, uh, some tremendous insight on how to communicate effectively. And on the broadcast all week, we've had her. Uh, if this is your first time uh, viewing the broadcast uh, today, then please log on and uh, find the prior broadcast so that we, you can be included on all our prior discussions leading up to this broadcast today. Welcome uh, again. Thank you, thank Angel, you. we're so happy to have you with um, us. We know that your official name is Angelina, yes, but we call her Angel, those of us that love her, uh, <laughs> call her Angel. So we're gonna dive right in the broadcast yep. today. Um, we ended our last broadcast having you give a, a, a brief uh, history of why you called the book uh, Communication ADD. So now give us a little bit more uh, insight into what each one of these letters uh, means and how it is relevant to how we communicate to one another. Sure. On the last broadcast also we talked about the need for balance, spirit, soul, and body. And our soul area is really what houses our emotions. Mm -hmm. And that's really where the, the, the relational part of us is. Right. It's, in our, it's in our emotional side, it's in our soul. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of things can attack that area. Our yes. emotions are, respond to our histories. Yes. How, what, what our history is. Learned you know, behaviors. the kind of a trauma that could have happened. People, people don't understand that even though your spirit is made new at the new birth, that you, that is made new, but there's a process of transformation, yes. the renewing of your mind. And it's taking the word of God and oftentimes through the help of others, which is why God gives yes. people like you mm -hmm. uh, with skills, divine skill sets to help others process that soul transformation. Yes. Because some of it comes from our childhood, how we um, how we we learn behavior sometimes from the things our parents. There's a reason we call them generational habits yes. because that's that's how they they come down the family line, so to speak. Um, you know, it, it's important to understand that it's not this isn't something that happens overnight. And right. I guess in your case, it was a blessing to have a, a person in your life that you were married to that understood that journey for you as a couple, but also right. as individuals. And it is a journey. I'm so glad you used that word because it's a journey. Right. And I think what's really important to 
to get out there is that there are going to be bad days and good days on this journey. And there are people who I deal with who think that they've overcome something and then they have a slip up. And there should... What I call it, what I like to say is, I, I always like to say, oh, I put the rose on the coffin in that one. And then all of a sudden the corpse comes up out of the coffin. Right. <laughs> you think you're dead and had the funeral for that issue. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it like, it's like, oh my gosh, it's like the zombie walking around. And so depending on what your mindset is and that if you feel like, oh, I'm, uh, I failed, I've messed up, that could set a person back. Right. But if a person recognizes that, hey, this this was just, this was whatever it was. I'm, I'm not that same person. I made a commitment to forgive. A lot of times it's forgiveness. Something triggers negative feelings and yes. they feel like, oh, I'm back where I started. No, you're not. You're right. just on this journey. That's the wonderful part of the Lord is mm-hmm. that, you know, of his grace. personality is grace, his mercy, and his unfailing love that right. he just, he sticks with us. So the A is to acknowledge, Acknowledge, right. right. So here we have... Um, one of the the most important parts, the most important part of this whole whole process, mm-hmm. acknowledgement. Um, there are seven billion, I believe, people in this world, and every one of them needs validation, in it's some true. way, for some reason. The the reason behind it might be different based on temperaments. We talked right, about that right. a little bit in our last broadcast. Um, but whatever your temperament is. It all, we all need, no matter what, acknowledgement, recognition, validation. Yes. And when that is not part of a a relationship, it opens up the door to many other issues. It's not infidelity that breaks up a marriage. It's not financial issues. It's not, uh, you know, so many other things that, that cause relationships to break apart. It's often the root of that is in the communication breakdown, which starts because of lack of validation and acknowledgement. Right. So a person can have, let's say, a a, a couple, a a spouse is communicating something and you strongly disagree and, but it's not acknowledging that they're, those feelings are real to them. Right. That even if you have to work through what they really are, the fact is they're real to them. Right. And that the, you value their feelings. Yes. You value their right. It's not to necessarily agreement. Even if you don't agree, yes. agree with it. So that's how I took it from the that book. That is absolutely is, It's correct. making that person feel valued. And, and I will tell you um, just what I see in the media. And I think this A part of acknowledging the value of what the other person has to say. I think our discourse, uh, forget publicly what now, how we talk to one another, even in public is. And I think part of it is is some of these reality TV shows where um, it's somehow um, honored or thought is something to be entertained by, seeing people belittle people uh, in conversation and when they view something, calling them a name or, yes. or whatever, and we shut down. And if someone doesn't, doesn't value that, um, then I think right there, that communication breaks down right at that moment because it's like saying to that person, uh, oh, you idiot, what makes right. you think you know you could feel, you know, you could yeah. feel like that? And there's an anger and if we have other issues, we feel like we're being attacked. So the primary, th- the primary thing, what I got from the book was ADD. The first thing is acknowledging and affirming and validating yes. that person's right to feel yes. what they're feeling at that moment. And that, in a way, sets up for the other, for the disarm and the, and the diffuse. diffuse. Absolutely. So when we come back, now that we've, we've understood a little bit, now mind you, 
we we just want to give you an appetizer so that you 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 get this book because it's it's going to going to be a wonderful tool in your life. We will we will then uh, find out from Angelina the other two, which are disarm and diffuse. Tis the season of giving. Kathy Bixel Ministries and Beautiful Life are on a mission. As we do every year, we want to make this holiday season special for the children of Joseph's House, our missions project in Kampala, Uganda. We want to give them a holiday feast of special foods and provide greatly needed new school uniforms and shoes. Would you please consider helping us make this their best Christmas yet? Please go to www.kathybixel.com backslash Joseph's House. That's K-A-T-H-Y-B-I-C-H-S-E-L dot com. Welcome back. We are going to now talk about the other two uh, components of Angel, Dr. Angel's uh, technique for communication. So let's dive into DD. DD, okay. So we talked about acknowledgement and validation being in, incredibly important in just opening up the door for communication. So what happens after a person feels like they have a voice, like they've been validated? The first D, which is disarm, mm -hmm. uh, comes into play. And when you think about, I oftentimes do this with my clients, I have them get very tense as if they're getting into a fight, uh, they're in a boxing ring, and I say, Put your fist in front of your face and squeeze and get really ready, as if physically ready, and, and notice what's happening to your body. And your muscles are engaged, the veins on your neck pop yes. out. For women, oftentimes we feel it in our shoulders. My yes. trainer always says to me, Relax your shoulders. And I oh, really, I know, really? I know. my shoulders are tense. You're up in your neck and shoulders. So, women, we feel all the tension up here. But when you are physically engaged in a battle, you are standing there, muscles completely flexed just looking at your uh, opponent, waiting, what you're thinking about is where the next blow is going to come. You're not oh, really, wow, you know, you're not, you're not engaged yeah. mentally. You're well, thinking so, about what you're going to say next what you'll instead say of next. listening. Right. Oh, so I, that's, I'm guilty of that one. Jeez. That's the physical muscles being, being tense. Mm -hmm. We have emotional muscles too. So when communication is defensive, when we're not being validated, when we don't feel acknowledged, we're, our emotional muscles are engaged and we are ready to attack. I'm not hearing what you're saying. I'm only thinking about how I'm going to respond to what I perceive is going to be said. Wow, wow, that's powerful, Angelina. When you that's acknowledge, fantastic. isn't that awesome? When you acknowledge somebody, you disarm them. There's nothing to defend. Right. If we're sitting here having a conversation about something, and I say to you, Kathy, um, I, I see your point. I can see why mm -hmm. you're saying that. I understand completely where you're coming from. Now, I don't necessarily, may necessarily agree with you, but I'm giving you that voice you might feel like you, you wanted to say, yeah, but, right, but there you right, have nothing right. to defend. There's nothing to defend, right. so you disarm. And right. once those, those defenses are dropped and that, that those emotional muscles 
relax, right. you diffuse the situation and communication can take place. So yeah. that's it in a nutshell. Right. So, right. So the disarming and at the disarming actually leads to the diffusing. To the diffusing. Yeah, that's, that's right. great. Yeah. And of course, you know, it's not a magic bullet, right? This right. is not something, in fact, we'll go back to temperaments. The melancholy temperament is extremely, um, extremely cynical. So if you start employing <laughs> yes, this yes. Uh, in your relationships, the melancholy is going to say, what are, you, what, are you, what's, what are you doing? What's going on? Like, it's right, going right. to take this, a little what while. Really exactly. So I you, tell right? my clients, be patient. This right. is not just for conflict. This is how you should engage and interact no matter what, during all of your conversations, always mm -hmm. put down the phone, for goodness sake, when someone is trying to talk to you. You know, communicate, uh, validate that person. Validation isn't just through words. In fact, I think the statistic that I have in my book is somewhere between 80 to 95% of communication is nonverbal. I might That's be getting true. that wrong, but I, I know I have the yeah. statistic in here. So it's not just about saying something back. It's about engaging, looking at the person, and technology has... Caused a, that's a whole other you issue. That's what I, I also wanted to talk to you about uh, today, uh, because one you open uh, actually some of the opening uh, statements that you make in your book are around how the breakdown culturally in communication, uh, anyway, uh, in general, I should say, and and you had actually given us uh, uh, written about an you know given us an antidote about being at dinner oh and seeing gosh. another couple. And it was interesting because I was out, uh, I guess several months ago with my daughter and a couple sat down next to us and the, and it was a restaurant where the seats were very close. So, you know, you didn't have to whatever. I don't think they said two words to each other right. the entire time their faces were in that phone. Right. And I thought to myself, can't you even put it down to just right. for dinner time, yep. you know? And uh, so talk a little bit about that, you know, how you think that's challenged as marriages and family mm -hmm. life, et cetera. It's thrown a whole other curveball into this, right. into our lives. We're the first generation who's navigating these waters. I mean, when I was growing up, we had ColecoVision and Atari. I'm dating myself. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Nintendo, you know, things like that. And But they were connected to the TV, so we shut that off and went to dinner. We're just, this this generation now, we're, we've just been thrown into this technology uh, ocean that we yeah, don't know what to do with. Yeah, where it used to be, right, and where it used to be, uh, where it used to be just the challenge of getting everybody around the dinner table. I know my husband and I are raising our children, you know, even though they were involved in sports and all kinds of other things, we made that family time yes. at night all the time. For a lot of families, especially where both parents are working, getting that family time is a challenge. Yep. It's like a rare commodity. Mm -hmm. Now you have in the mix getting that family time, but now getting everybody delivered from their gadgets yes, while they're at the family time. And you shared even in your own personal, yes. your family, that you know, one day you had this awakening when everybody was on their gadgets instead of with one another. Yeah, yeah, and we, we definitely have a rule in our family, and my kids are fantastic with it, that there are no, there's, we are completely unplugged at the dinner table. Yes. You know, no, no phones, no anything, and, and the, the kids like it. They like right. to engage, they like to talk, and family dinner and mealtime, it's incredibly important. Uh, and we've got to be intentional about doing those things. As right. challenging it's as really, it is. And as parents, we need to show the leadership. And sometimes as working parents, 
Uh, in our family, we don't have this issue because my husband is Fred Flintstone, and he is proud of the fact that he has no devices. He does not need devices. Yeah. And good sometimes for him. I th and sometimes I do say good for him because mm -hmm. when I'm sometimes running around frantically uh, trying to fix a computer problem, he's just there in his phlegmatic way, just sitting there, you know, not yeah, having a doesn't care have to worry world. about it at all. But we don't have it, but I know a lot of parents do because, you know, it's how it's it's the stress and what the, the work ethic is in our country and what sometimes employers have an expectation that you have to be on 24 yep. seven. When yes. I pastors, we, we had the rule in our house, you know, I, no phone calls, nothing, yep. no matter what, you know, short of a death or something like sure. that, which thankfully we never had those. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we're going to be right back uh, with Angel so I can uh, give you some information about her, her practice, her counseling practice. Uh, we really want to get some information about right. that, how people can contact you and uh, get in, in better touch with what's really happening out there in the counseling world. Throughout time, God has always reserved for himself a remnant, a people fully sold out to his message and willing to pay the price of radical discipleship. While the church and the world lie in crises, a message is sounding once again throughout the corridors of time that God can alter the course of history through a radical few. Consider Moses, the Apostle Paul, Daniel, Noah, Abraham and Peter, just to name a few sold out radicals to God's calling. Don't settle for the confines of the ordinary when the Father has set his love on you to be extraordinary. Rise up out of the ashes of loss and disappointment and take hold of the one who makes all things new. Join us on an adventure of faith to experience Christianity the way it is supposed to be. Radical, the Radical Rising Remnant. The latest book from Kathy Bixel. Get your copy now at kathybixel.com. Welcome back. We are in our final segment with Dr. Angelina Da Silva. And uh, I want to remind you again that her book is available on her website, uh, angelinadasilva.com. Uh, you can, uh, that information will be on our screen. It's, how much is the book? Uh, I believe it's $12.95 on the website. She yeah. knows how much it is now. We've yeah. $12.95, it's worth, it's worth the investment. We have that information for you. But probably more importantly, uh, I would just like uh, for you to know as our viewers, one of the questions I'm asked often, um, I don't do so much counseling now as I used to do when I was in pastoral ministry. Now I itinerate and preach and... Um, I'm back to loving and leaving them, but no, but uh, honestly, I <laughs> send do, them my way. <laughs> yes, but, uh, yeah, but honestly, I do. Um, I do have a lot of relationships with ministry leaders in the country, and you know, always like to help them or whatever. But even locally here um, in New Jersey, but actually out of the, because of Skype and technology, yes. uh, those of you um, that have counseling ministries like yourself uh, are able to actually do distance counseling yes. through Skype. I have another very close friend of mine who also has um, a great counseling ministry, and she does the same thing mm -hmm. through Skype. So I, I want to make available for you, our viewers, some information about Angel's practice and how you can contact her, how you can set up an appointment with her if you, there's some 
uh, issues in your life that you really feel that you need help with, which is a good thing, right? Yes. You know, you received counseling for your own marriage. Yes. It didn't mean you had to do it your whole life. You, right. you know, when, when you're in trouble, you need help. Yeah. So Angel, tell us some things that you're doing in your practice. Uh, you mentioned that you have parenting workshops yes. in your, perhaps your community, whatever. So mm -hmm. just give our viewers in the, in the final five minutes of the broadcast, tell us all about you, what you're doing and okay. how they can connect with sure. you. Sure. I do Skype um, and I do face to face and um, phone. I'll do whatever I can to help a person where they're at. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, yeah, we talked about in our last segment how terrible technology can be, but it can also be good. And I've this been true. so blessed this by you know being able to Skype, and I've got clients pretty much all over the country. So it's really cool to be able to do that. Um, but I am located in um, western New Jersey, in Clinton, New Jersey is where my office is. So anyone in that little rural area can come out to my office, which would be great to see <laughs> people who are viewing me today. Um, and the information is on my website, AngelinaDeSilva.com. Okay. I specialize in uh, just biblical counseling, family counseling, marriages, teenagers, children, so any aspect of, of that family mm -hmm. counseling. I also am certified in health and wellness and women's issues. So oh, a fantastic. lot of my thank you and um, you know just general life coaching as well. So I have a counseling practice and a coaching practice. I, they're not one and the same, you know, different, right. different um, strategies for each. Um, I also do speaking engagements in my local community where I do the parenting workshops and I've done workshops especially for women on burnout. I have a great workshop on. Oh, um, that's wonderful. Yeah, oh yeah. I have wow. a great workshop on. That's um, nice to know. Any of you women out yeah. there who are feeling burnt out, that's that's great. And that's and great. being a Proverbs 31 woman in a oh, 21st yeah. century world, that, that's one right. of my other ones. So I love right. doing that. And actually, and, even if you're not burnt out, it, it probably is something. Preventing I would love burnout. to say great strategies to, yes. pre to prevent it. Yeah. I know being being a working mom and, you know, coming, in my case, I grew up in a single parent home as the oldest child. So I have kind of a life leaning of probably being over responsible. Right. And sometimes that in itself could put a level of pressure on you yes. that no one else in your family is putting on you, but you're putting on yourself, yes. whether it's how you're processing your own level of uh, perfection mm -hmm. or whatever, whatever else that is. <laughs> but we that's, could be I here didn't realize you did all that. I, I didn't, do. That's really yeah, wonderful. Yeah, I do. And it's a lot of fun to be, you know, I do this stuff one-on-one -on -one with people, but I love being in the group and the interaction with the women, especially no offense, men, but yeah. uh, I, I tend to gravitate toward the ministry toward women um, in, in that regard. But yeah, so I do all of those things, and, and in the office, like I said in an earlier segment, it's all about finding that balance spiritually, yes. physically, and emotionally, and um, it's, it, that comes through many things. I deal with a lot. I deal with anxiety, depression, stress. How what, are, what, are you, what are you seeing the most um, in your practice? Like if I had to say, uh, like, you know, we talk in ministry, you know, I'll say to pastors or what, like, what's happening? What are you seeing happening with people? What are, right. what are some of the challenges you are in your practice? What are you seeing? What is standing out as, as problem areas that you're seeing in people's lives right now, more than let's say maybe five years ago or whatever, what's, what, what is the trend in Yes, yeah, sadly, you know, people ask me, how's business? And I say, I'm busy. And, and that's bittersweet, right? Because I wish right, I weren't. I wish right. that I didn't have, that people were dealing with these things. So I've got two things that are going on um, 
much more frequently than others. I'm getting a lot of kids lately. I'm getting a lot of, and I don't know if that's just parents being more more in tune. Maybe to, more proactive yeah, about more proactive. the mental health of their children so, as possible. So, you know, 10-year-olds, 10 to 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds, their parents are coming to me um, with their children. And, and, and on that note, and I know we don't have a lot of time, but I also counsel the parents because it's not, right, generally right, it's right. not just about the kids, it's about the parents as well. But on the other side of that, I am getting a lot of women who are not happy. And and we talked about happiness. I don't know if it was today or, yeah, or no, yesterday, yeah, it was but a, I think it, was it was one of yeah. our sessions. We talked about happiness and, and they're married for 15, 20, 25 years and they want out of their marriages because they never loved their husband or they they oh, did. Goodness, and it's wow. and I think that this is just a product of the society in it which is. we're living. I, I agree with you, Angel. And so I'm wrestling with that a lot. And it is it is Because a, there's now the cultural norm. Oh. This is what you do. I mean, I hate to say it, but there, there's books out there, you know, on, on like even menopause. You know, we, men and women go, the world describes it as, society describes it as like midlife, mm -hmm. whatever. And the idea is, oh, you're at your midway point and the celebrities do this, so now we should do this. You just get a new person. Right. And we all know the statistics say getting a new person, you know, they say that the statistics are that five years into the new person, they wish that they stayed with the first person. Correct? Yes. I mean, if that's my statistics are right. Oh, I think you're so, spot on. Yeah, but the culture is of, you know, changing partners like shoes and et cetera. Well, Angel, we are going to have to have oh, you no. back. I know we're done for today. We are oh. going to have to have Angel back. Uh, we are talking with the producers that we just might have our Dr. Angel segment on Beautiful Life having come in and talk about these issues yeah. uh, that, we, that you. you might be facing, your neighbors might be facing, but God has a solution. Do not lose sight of the fact that you have the opportunity through Jesus Christ to have a beautiful life. And our heart and passion on this broadcast is to bring uh, guest speakers, to bring teaching, to give you opportunity to have that beautiful life fulfilled. Do not lose hold of the promises of God for you to have a life of peace, tranquility, and prosperity in every dimension of your life. We love you here at Beautiful Life. Don't forget to log on, beautifullifetv.com. Send us your emails. Uh, please donate if the Holy Spirit leads you to do so. We love you, and don't forget to tune in next time. With the hundreds of ways to communicate in the modern world, it seems ironic that people are failing to adequately hear each other. Conflict, strife, and discouragement in relationships are the results of a fundamental breakdown of communication professionally and personally. In this book, based on biblical principles, Dr. De Silva challenges you to listen before you speak, to speak with the other person's feelings in mind, and to respond rather than react. By using the communication ADD techniques, you will become a better spouse, a better parent, and a better worker simply because you've learned how to communicate on a higher level. We trust you enjoyed this episode of Beautiful Life and the teaching ministry of Kathy Dixon. For more information about Kathy, her books, downloads, and CDs, please visit BeautifulLifeTV.com. If you are interested in Kathy's teaching schedule, or perhaps you would like her to speak at a church or event near you, please email info at BeautifulLifeTV.com. We would like to thank you for taking the time to join us. 
as we trust that God's blessing will continue to offer you His beautiful life. So long for now.